It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number one of This Ain't Iowa, volume two. feels like. Uh, are you familiar with the actor William Shatner? Now, William Shatner uh, became famous because he was on a show called Star Trek. Now, contrary to what a lot of people believe, the show Star Trek was not actually a very big success. I think it only ran for a couple of seasons. But the people that loved it, loved it so goddamn much that he became you know, incredibly famous from that, right? And they made a couple movies, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is it was this very small slice of what Shatner did as an actor for a living, okay? Uh, But as he progressed and became an older man and started acting in other things, anytime he was interviewed or uh, on a talk show or something like that, you know what they'd say? From Star Trek, William Shatner and then he'd come out, he'd be like, I'm actually on Boston Legal now. And they're like, nobody gives a fuck about Boston Legal, Captain Kirk. Like, let's, come on, let's shake what your mama gave you. You know what your moneymaker is, right? So this guy couldn't, even though he was famous for like 70 goddamn years, he couldn't escape the one thing that people associate him with, right? And that's Star Trek. So now what does he got to do to make a buck? Fucking shoehorns his enormous ass into an old captain's uniform, goes to these Comic-Cons and charges an absurd amount of money for people to take a picture with him, right? Now I'm going to tell you a story about a man whose career is almost identical to Captain Kirk, and his name is me. I started doing stand-up comedy when I was 19, moved to New York, and it whatever, it's, it's fine. I, I have come to terms with the fact that I was never going to be a, a big, famous stand-up comedian. If that's going to happen to you, you either need to be next-level talented or a next-level hustler. I am moderately talented and zero hustle. So it was just not going to happen for me. But but that was what I started to do. And then I found, you know, I did a poker podcast, did a sports betting podcast, did a comedy podcast, you know, and, and they all had their audiences. But then I started to do a show called This Ain't Iowa. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because it was so early in the podcasting game, it really found a fan base. Now, it wasn't huge, certainly not by today's standards, and really not huge by those standards back in like 2006 either, but we had an audience. They were a very rabid audience, and, uh, and, and we did it for several years. And then after walking away from it, it's still the only thing that I've ever done that anyone really gives a shit about. 
In fact, when we decided that we were going to reboot this show, I posted a couple things on social media about it. And I promise you, I got more likes and comments on those two posts about relaunching This Ain't Iowa than all other posts combined in the last decade. So long story short, here we fucking are. I'm crowbarring my fat ass back into that captain suit. Tony, how did we get here? It's a long and winding road. Let me put it that way. It's not a road that uh, has a fork or a branch. There is a whole bunch of twisted branches that got us to this point. And we're kind of like the bonsai tree of podcasts. We're small, (laughs) we're special, but at the end of the day, we're pointless. That's actually, can I just be honest with you? I don't know what's happened to you the last 10 years. And quite frankly, I don't really want to discuss it today. Uh, today, I just want it to be all about me, as opposed to every show subsequent from here, which I'll make about everybody else. Um, <laughs> I don't but believe that. I, uh, but I, I, it's funny that you use the bonsai tree reference, because one of the reasons we got here, and I kind of wanted to discuss you know, all of them, but one of the reasons we got here is I have to admit, as a man who is now in my mid-40s, keep in mind when I started this show, I was not yet 30 years old. <laughs> I am now in my mid-40s, and I have to admit, like, nostalgia has a real currency to people my age, right? You start talking about, you know, you mentioned Bonsai Tree. We've got, uh, you know, I grew up in the era of Karate Kid when I was a little kid. Uh, now we got fucking Cobra Kai, and I'm here for it. Right? Top Gun reboot. Quantum Leap reboot. Fucking Night Court is about to get rebooted. (laughs) Like, there is is a a true sense of of nostalgia for people in my... Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe not everything is great, but uh, there's a a sense of nostalgia for people in my general age group that, you know, yeah, shit that you were into when you were younger, whether it was good or not then, and certainly whether it's any good or not now, doesn't matter. It's just the feeling you get that a thing you loved when you were younger exists. And I fell prey to it, and quite frankly, I'm rolling the dice that the people that used to like TAI fall prey to it. <laughs> well, because if not, seriously, not one person will ever hear this. <laughs> well, I, I think we've got one, and it's not who you think, but I, I think PMAC will be the guy that will listen to this yeah. out of any of the guys. Um, he's an old school. Uh, I think he was there in the poker days because I think he was banging the boards on my sports radio. I think he even goes back that far. And he's listened to everything that I've put out, which is kind of sad. Kind of. Uh, I, will, uh, I, will say this. I will also say this. It's funny you mentioned banging the boards because back, back in our day, like that was a big part of it, right? We had this message boards and it had this huge um, like, uh, like family of people. And even though only a small percentage of the people that listened actually contributed, those people became essentially players on this show. We got to know many of them. A lot of them were on this show. Yep. From what I understand – Board banging is no longer what people do anymore. Is that true? This is correct. I don't know whether you've been on the internet lately, but it's all about the socials. That's where we've got to be. So before we before we kind of get into more along the lines of how we got here and what we think we're going to do here, uh, talk talk about your side of it because 
I didn't know shit about podcasting then. Fast forward 10 years, I still don't really know about it. In fact, you know, when we when we finished, I shouldn't say when we started. When we started, we were using some real primitive shit. Yeah. Uh, but when we finished, we were, I think, just using Skype back in those days and just hitting the record option on Skype. Now, how are we doing this? Tell everybody how we're doing this. We're using a platform called Discord. I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with it. But it's essentially a chat room that can be um, divided into a bunch of different topics at our whim. Um, it makes life easy because we don't have to maintain it. We don't have to worry about people coming in and spamming the boards or trying to bring it down. Um, so that's how we're going to communicate with people is uh, through our Discord rather than setting up a forum. But primarily you're going to access this the way you would any other podcast. It's going to be on all the directories, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other ones that nobody actually uses. It's going to be there and you can get it through there. We will have a website and that is going to be at TAIV2.com. Um, so you can find the show there and that'll have links to our Instagram and Twitter if we decide to use it and if Twitter's still a thing by the time we publish this show. <laughs> you know, Oh, you know what? Actually, before we even get too deep into this, can we discuss... The intro music real quick. Yes, we can. Now, back in the day, we had uh, our, our, we had OAR, right? Crazy Game of Poker. That yes. was, that was the poker podcast. Correct. Uh, and, and then when we started doing TAI, it, it kind of morphed into a few different things, but when it ended, it was music and then clips, like sound bites from the show. Yes. Right. Interspersed with it. And that obviously was not an option because there's no show currently. There's no sound bites. You could just play this. Couple of reasons. They've got a lot uh, harsher on copyright. And I was actually using a Tom Petty tune uh, mm. to intersperse those clips. So I couldn't really do that because he, while Tom Petty's cool, I don't know what his estate's like. I'm guessing they're quite litigious these days, seeing he's gone and he's not going to make them <laughs> yeah. a whole lot more money other than through uh, suing people. Right. So we're not looking for that. I'm not looking for trouble. Like, no. I almost didn't want to start doing this again. I definitely don't need a lawsuit in my fucking life. So uh, tell everybody where you got the new intro music, because I'm actually a big fan of, uh, of, of what you did here. Well, back in the day on the original show, we... We had one piece of major press and it involved uh, you meeting up with a fellow person that was living in Las Vegas at the time. I think he's a Boulder City native, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Johnson. No, not that Jack Johnson. Well, maybe that Jack Johnson. I don't know what music you're into because if you remember back in we the day, Patch was a big fan of yeah. his music for real. Uh, what was the name of his band? Boner Town or something like that? Yeah, it was. I think it was Boner Town. Okay. It had the word boner in it, like yeah. uh, Danger Boner. It was actually Danger Boner. Talk about it. I don't know what actual piece of information I don't hold in my brain that would have been important because I've moved that out to remember <laughs> Danger Boner, the band. Now, I used to refer to him as singer-songwriter Jack Johnson, but as it turns out, there's this other guy named Jack Johnson who's a singer-songwriter and actually quite popular um well at but, least he uh, was so, 10 years ago yeah so uh we uh he now th this gentleman who who made this for us uh now still makes music 
uh, under his full name, Jack Evan Johnson. I want to correct you here. Uh, This is Jack doing Jack things. He is now transitioning over to a new moniker. He goes by the name of Jack Shit. Shut up. I'm for real. He does. You can check him out on Bandcamp. Just look up Jack Shit. You will find this very tune. It's the first single he's released under this moniker. It is 100% real. Jack, please confirm with us that that is your new moniker. Either that or it's a pretty sick prank on you. Uh, But (laughs) listen, whatever it is, I want you to check him out. He's actually an incredibly talented guy, and you are correct. He did. He wrote, like, the only actual real sort of media piece that was ever written about us. And do you remember the title of that article, which, quite frankly, was like a two-page spread, a big picture of me and one of my co-hosts, uh, and and the title above it was, do you remember? No idea. All I do remember, it involved two dodgy porn guys at some stage. But no, I don't remember the title of the article. Well, it's it, it really, in, in, in true Brian Malika fashion, it was one of the most exciting things that had ever happened to me up to that point. And of course, it also had to be shrouded in insult. The title of the article was, one for the fat and the ugly. <laughs> that was the title of an actual article put in a real newspaper. So, uh, but for whatever reason, it was still like a highlight. Uh, and it was written by this gentleman. Uh, and uh, and he, is, uh, he is currently a very uh, uh, talented musician. So go check out, as I'm told, Jack Shit. On Bandcamp. Uh, That's the place to on find him. Now, okay. you you sort of are a bit hesitant with the title of that article, but at the time, or even now with the people that are listening, I'm sure people are honest out there, is he wrong? I've met a lot of our fans. He seemed to be bang on the money. Uh, he wasn't wrong. I mean, uh, listen, he went to a uh, he went to a Tycon back in the day, and... Um, <laughs> That's probably where he got his inspiration, if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, he's uh, there, there wasn't there wasn't an excess of abs uh, rolling around in our fan base. No, um, but do you remember back at that Tycon the trouble that we had getting him to leave that hotel suite? Yeah, <laughs> do I remember? I fucking goddamn right, I remember. First of all, I was actually sleeping in that room, uh, and. I mean, listen, I don't want to go down a weird rabbit hole, uh, you know, for people that may not know or remember these things. But, yeah, he uh, he was there with a young lady that he brought. I don't know what their relationship was, but I know that they were in my bathtub. Um, and I could not get them out to go to bed. It was a real awkward situation for all involved, um, mainly me. But uh, I digress. But thank you, Jack. That was actually really cool. You, you know, you you asked him like haphazardly. You're like, hey, should we try it? I'm like, yeah, hit him up. See what he says. And he got this back to you immediately, which was really yeah. fucking cool. And I appreciate you sharing your music. And I hope that our listeners go and, and check out everything that you're doing. All right. So bringing it back. So we we stopped. I think officially we stopped doing this show. It's got to be 10 years ago now where we did a sort of our official last episode. It might have been 2014. So yeah, just under 10 years ago. Um, and we we popped in a couple of times uh, after that. Um, you know, the most recent one was uh, was in 2019, where one of our longtime co-hosts, Troy Bohunk, uh, he passed away. 
and we uh, a few of us jumped on to do a little eulogy for him. So that was sort of the last time. But 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 the show itself ended now, almost ten years ago, and. It ended for a few different reasons. You know, the show had changed drastically and there was a lot of sort of animosity and 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 some of the co-hosts and I did not, you know, see eye to eye uh, on a lot of things. And our friendship, which is really what the show had always been built on originally, right, was, you know, yep. we were all actually very close and we hung out all the time and that friendship got strained. A lot of it had to do with um, I was married at the time. Uh, I uh, I had gotten a divorce and I was dealing with you know, some emotional issues. This show played a role in, uh, in my divorce. Um, so I, I, I actually felt good about walking away from it. And I have to say, while I've missed having an outlet, I didn't necessarily miss doing the show. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I there was uh, there was a lot of sort of uh, uh, negativity associated with the show. And by the way, all my fault. Like I take <laughs> full responsibility. I'm the one that turned it. When we originally started with uh, with with Tommy Dutch, he wanted it to be a whole different show. I'm the one that derailed the whole fucking thing, and I am the one that has to be blamed for the 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 weird bastard child that ensued. So uh, I, I wasn't necessarily uh, uh, upset when we walked away at the time. So now that we're coming back, I uh, you know I kind of teased it on uh, on social media. Um, and, you know, ask people like, hey, if, if we do this, you have any questions, anything, you know, you want to say, anybody you want to hear from. Uh, there was a, I would say, a large segment of the population that was immediately concerned with my current marriage. Uh, I, I'll kind of go over some of the stuff that, that I've been up to over the last 10 years. But one of them is I, uh, I am remarried. Um, I, uh, in addition to my son, who at that time was, you know, a toddler, the dude was like in kindergarten, uh, is now in high school, fucking jerking off every afternoon from what I, <laughs> from what I can guess. Um, he, I mean, he's in his bed a lot early. Uh, so that's what I'm pretty sure is going on. But, uh, yeah, so he's a teenager. And then I also have two daughters with my current wife, um, and, uh, they are nine and seven, uh, so a lot of people were concerned. Um, are you sure this is a good idea for your marriage? Is your marriage going to shit? Uh, I thought you guys were doing good. And I have to say, like, that's a fair point. I mean, I don't want to discount what any of them said. Uh, in fact, I, I, I told this to you off air, Tony, but it's kind of funny. You know, with my first wife, I was so consumed. We used to do this show three times a week. And I was so consumed. It was the only thing I really focused my energy and my time and my efforts into. And boy, my ex-wife would have given anything for me <laughs> to stop doing that show. Uh, fast forward now, my, my current wife and I, we've only been married for, for two years, but we've been together. It's going to be 10 years this month. It's very easy to remember how long um, my, my current uh, wife and I have been together. Uh, you just take our daughter's oldest, uh, our oldest daughter's age. You subtract nine months and six days, and that's when we got together. So uh, going to be coming up on 10 years here in a couple of weeks. And when I mentioned to her casually that I was thinking about doing this again, for Christmas I got a new microphone, I got a new headset, she set up a little studio in the guest room. She could not wait to get me into something other than, you know, fucking, you know, being in her space all the time, waving my dumb dick around, seeing if anything's going to happen. That's still my go-to move. Uh, so she couldn't. So, yeah, you're not wrong. 
could be some problems here. Let me give you another interesting tidbit of information. <laughs> in, uh, in 2011, my, uh, my ex-wife announced to me that she was going to start training to do the rock and roll half marathon here in Las Vegas. It happens every February. And uh, she was not a big uh, fitness person at the time, but she had her mind set on it. And, uh, and she decided she wanted to do it. That took place in February. In March, she said, I can no longer deal with you living in this house. You got to get the fuck out. Okay. <laughs> I would now like to tell everybody what my current wife told me in November. She told me that she was going to train and run in the <laughs> rock and roll marathon, half marathon, um, which will be uh, which will be taking place here in, uh, in in just a little over one month. So long story short, if in two months time I am broadcasting from a, a hotel room that was gifted to me by some listener <laughs> Uh, at the Paris or some shit like that, just know, do not let your significant other run the rock and roll half marathon because that thing is a fucking relationship ender. And I'll tell you this, if that happens, the next girl I end up with, it's going to be a double amputee. And not and not one of those not one of those inspirational ones that no. you see with the blades or that, you know, with the cool ass uh, wheelchairs that they can do races. No, 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 no. A real lazy defeated one. That is my next move because I cannot lose another spouse to a goddamn road race. Well, you actually brought back a memory then because didn't one of your friends on one of your, it might have been on Nissan Iowa or it might have been on one of the myriad of other shows that you did, didn't he have a mother that was in a wheelchair? I don't think she was a double amputee and she was big into snakes. Oh yeah, that's my buddy Mike that I grew up with. Yeah, she, uh, thankfully not anymore, but uh, but yeah, apparently in her youth, she used to love to just lay naked on a bed with a fucking python writhing around on her body. That's a good point. No, no half marathons, no reptiles. I can't. Uh, I mean, listen. I, I know I'm being picky for a 44 year old, but sure a man's got to draw a line. A man's got to draw a line. Um. But so, yeah, I mean, as far as and, and I will say this, it, listen, if that happens, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't. I am. I am very happy in, uh, in my marriage. I would like to keep it going. But if for some reason that happens, I'm going to fucking do it on air. We are <laughs> the last time I shut it down because I was very depressed and uh, and I just I, I needed to get my life together and my shit together and my priorities together. Not this time, baby. I'm going full manic episode on this show. Well, come on. Some of the greatest things that we've ever done have been you in crisis. I can That's remember true. a different show that we were doing, uh, DU Diaries, and that mm -hmm. show ended abruptly in crisis, and it was one of the greatest episodes of podcasting I've ever been involved with. Yeah, speaking of broadcasting from a hotel room, I remember that shortly after, uh, yeah, we, uh, we got fired. I, uh, I'm like, you know who needs to hear about this? Tony and everybody on the internet. 
so yeah, but but you know, kind of going back to what I was saying at the yeah. top of the show, that's a great point. So in addition to like the you know to to stand up and the podcast I did before TAI, and then you know, and then after during and after TAI, I got involved with another comedy podcast and DU Diaries, and then you and I did like a food podcast, and uh, you know, and I've, I've I've we've talked TV, and I've gotten involved with with your podcast, which we'll talk about down the road. Let's Thanks, not, let's not let's, spoil let's this. Not yeah. ruin it. Let's give it a week. Let's give it a week. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Like none of that has ever mattered to anybody. Uh, the only thing that consistently people give a shit about has been, uh, has been this in Iowa. And a part of me is very proud of that. But then another part of me is like, is everything else I've done been a colossal waste of time? <laughs> I mean, stand-up is so much harder than This Ain't Iowa. I just want everybody to understand that. This Ain't Iowa was always just like, let's be, you know, let's go out and do some debaucherous shit on the weekend, then let's circle back, talk about it in the most baseline, vulgar terms we can, and then uh, hopefully next weekend we'll do some more weird shit that we can talk about. Stand-up requires, like, finesse, and, you know, I got to be clever, and I got to write, and I got to, like, it, it, there's, there's so much more of a craft to it Nobody cares. Uh, talk more about uh, uh, butt scratchers and dick checks and all of this other weird stuff that, that we've been involved with over, over the run of that show. Well, you, yes, that, that is the case. But how many comedians has stand up, chewed up and spat out? Just be thankful you haven't become Jim Brewer. Okay, you never obtained the mm, heights of Jim yeah. Brewer, but look at Jim Brewer now. Yeah, I, 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 I met Jim Brewer. I actually worked with Jim Brewer one time, and he was actually one of the nicest dudes I had ever met. He was super cool. Like he, like after we worked together, he actually gave me his email, and we like exchanged emails a little bit. And uh, then he took a weird turn, man. He, uh, the the pandemic did different things to different people, and uh, it it did something strange to to Jim. Yeah, it really did, but. He's just a symptom of what can happen to a lot of stand-up comedians. Just be thankful that you had an outlet that was semi-successful because there's been a lot of stand-ups that were more successful than you but haven't reached the amount of people you have through your podcast. It's, um, it's something to be thankful for, in all honesty. I know you make fun of it, but at least you've had a loyal fan base, however small that fan base is. You weren't well, just a comedian relying on Barker shows and bringer shows. Well, and that's actually one of the reasons why for me, and I kind of want to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts on, on us being back. But one of the things that kind of sat with me is like, if I look through my social media, for example, and I don't have, you know, uh, you know, a million, you know, followers or anything like that, hardly, but the majority of them are people from this show. Yes. And some of them have become actual friends of mine and, and some I've never met before, but the, still, even now, 10 years later, if I do reach out and try to communicate with people via social media, uh, whether it's some dumb joke or a picture of my kid or whatever it is, the majority of the people that it reaches were members of that community that for whatever reason have still stuck with me. Right. They didn't just unfollow me like, well, this guy's fucking done. All right. I'll just put him in the pile of people I used to listen to and I'm going to move on with my life. Unfollow. No, like they're still around. I, I still communicate with a lot of them, uh, you know, uh, virtually and, and some even in person. So like that, that's that was part of the decision for me 
as well. Another part of it is like, again, I've, I've, I'm, I'm 44 now. I have three kids now. Um, I, uh, I own a business now. Uh, some of you may remember, uh, rewind after, uh, I am, my life imploded and I lost my job publicly on the air. Um, I, uh, I, I, through Mofobes, one of our co-hosts, he got me a part-time gig working for this real estate company. Uh, it was a real scammy real estate company. I do not know that they were properly licensed and doing a lot of the same things, which is one of the reasons why he left. Mofobes left, and uh, you know, at, we'll, we'll we'll have him on at some point, and we'll we'll kind of get an update from him as well. But he left. I stuck around because I had no options. Um, well, you know, fast forward again, many, many years, uh, the owners of that company moved away. I stayed on to run the show and, uh, eventually they just offered it to me and I bought them out. So now I run that scammy real estate business, which I am happy to say is now 25% less scammy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but, but all those things taken into account means that, you know, comedy, which is very much at my level, comedy at my level is very much a young man's game. There's not a lot of money in it. Um, you know, the, the the travel is hard. They're not paying for flights, so you're driving distances. And uh, every year that passed, I would just do a little bit less and a little bit less to the point where now I do, I don't know, maybe six shows a year. And it's all stuff I've done before. And, you know, uh, it, it's, it's shows I want to do. I will no longer go do like a, you know, an opening set or a feature set at some place that's, you know, six hours away just because, you know, the, the, they offered it to me. Like now I just do the stuff I want to do. Um, and that, you know, works for, for me and my, and my life. Uh, but I still think of shit. Like I, I, I yep. still have the same kind of like, you know, drive to create funny shit and, and, and talk about funny shit, but I, I have less of an outlet in which to do it. So that was another one of the reasons that, uh, that kind of drove me to trying this out. Now you and I have stayed in contact sporadically and, and, um, uh, I have to ask you when I hit you up and said, God damn it. I think I might want to bring this back. <laughs> I think I might want to reboot this. I want, want to, I, I might want to top gun Maverick, this motherfucker. Uh, what were your thoughts when you received that message? I will say I was I was hesitant to revive the show. Now, don't get me wrong. I love chatting with you. Hey, we've done food-based stuff. We've, we've kept in contact. You've been on my show a couple of times. I was hesitant to reboot this show because of that baggage from 10 years ago. Clearly, I think we've all gotten over that. The more I actually thought about it and thought about that baggage – it's no longer there and it gives us something to reminisce about and expand upon and, and change and become different. I wouldn't want it to become exactly the same show that we did all those years ago and that was my initial concern. And I, I did voice it with you that I, I was a bit worried that we're just rehashing old territory. But at the same time, I can't lie, part of my highlight was hearing you speak. I was a listener of yours first before I ever got hands-on with a podcast helping out, and that goes all the way back to MSR. So I always enjoyed what you had to say. I listened to a sports gambling podcast, the only one I've ever listened to. Why? Because you could tell a good story. So I knew that was always going to be there, and that's why I agreed to do it. Not so much to redo a show that we've already done, but to hear stories again. So what you're talking about actually really excites me. And... Um, It'll be fun to do all the time, I think. And 
because we're not trying to cram out three shows a week and it's going to be three shows a month max, um, I really yeah. think we have the opportunity to give you a creative outlet and bring back a community that had splintered and perhaps bring in one or two new listeners. That's perhaps too big a name, but let's see if we can gather the community <laughs> back together and, and just get them chatting again. Maybe we'll get a few more in Ken's home game. I mean, listen, if that happens, God bless you. But uh, that that's very kind of you. I appreciate you saying that. But I also wanted to say that as far as the fear of it becoming what it once was, I don't, I don't think that that would happen for a couple reasons. Number one, like you said, we used to do three times a, a, a week. And when I say three times a week, I mean fucking obsessively <laughs> three times a week. I didn't give a fuck about holidays. Uh, at one point, I once tr- like insisted on trying to do a show uh, like on Christmas Eve from my ex-in-law's like bedroom. We were staying, we had traveled to New Jersey for, for, and I was trying to get a, like a cell signal and call in to do a show. Like it was so obsessive. I I don't have that in me anymore. Um, It's just so, it's just, it's that, that level is not going to happen. I'm also much more, um, I'm 10 years older than I was, dude. Like I'm in my mid forties. I got kids. Our listeners, by the way, who always, I mean, you know, they, they, they kind of ran the gamut, but I would say they always skewed a little bit older than we were at the time. Other than Stu. They're all 10. Yeah, they're right. Stu, who I helped raise. But uh, they're all 10 years older, too. Yes. Like, if you're still, if you're still in, you know, your, your 50s or whatever at this point, and you're looking to create havoc <laughs> online through a podcast, like, I don't, that's not on me anymore. <laughs> Believe back then, oh, I thought it was on me. I, I was ready to, to put gloves on and fight to the death. I don't have that. You can, you can, whatever you need to do to get through your day is no longer my concern. It used to be my concern. I didn't like the fact that maybe you were going to get through the day in a way that didn't involve me. That was impossible for me in my head. Uh, so uh, I, I am not that person anymore. So I don't think that, that it, can, it can be that. But I'm also not sure there is like I had to have a conversation with my wife because even though she is kind of happy that I am finding another creative outlet and I'm going to start doing this thing and uh, gets gets, you know, me out of her hair for for an hour or so a week. And and uh, again, I mean, you know, keep in mind uh, when when she and I got together. Yeah, I was a much more creative person. I'm doing stand up. I'm doing a lot of things. Now I'm the fat guy that watches TV all the time. So it's it's probably a little more uh, appealing to her that I'm going to be doing something creative again. Uh, but I did. I sat her down and I'm like, I just want you to know that last time I did this, I did not know how to do it in a healthy way. Uh, I think I do now, but I also don't know. If if something weird happens and and this thing like you know kind of gains momentum and 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 uh, you know turns into something something bigger, um, I don't think it could ever be anything very big. Again, you have to keep in mind when we did this the first time, there was like I don't know fifteen fucking podcasts. Yes. I'm exaggerating, but there weren't a lot. Uh, now anyone who has ever owned a computer has a lap has a has a has a uh, a podcast. So. I think it would be hard to uh, generate new listeners, but 
I'm content just talking to the people uh, that we used to talk to that still kind of, you know, have, have stuck with me uh, and, uh, and are excited to hear it. If we just get those people, then I think that would be great. And I think I can do this in, uh, in a way that is fun and healthy and, uh, and hopefully people will enjoy it. If it goes any bigger than that, I cannot promise that I will not fucking just burn my whole life to the ground. I can't promise that. Uh, hey, look, you're at least a little bit more self-aware than you were going into it last time. I don't think any of these thoughts would have crossed your mind when we started This Ain't Iowa with Tommy or any of the times we reframe the show, because we did consciously reframe it from time to time, uh, but none of those healthier thoughts ever went through your mind. I don't think. And you're right. You. Were I didn't. With the I didn't think I was. I didn't think I was fucked up then. That was the <laughs> fucked up part. A crazy person doesn't know they're crazy. You know, it's funny. Uh, this was very. This is a very deep cut. But back in the very early days, when Tommy Dutch was still uh, doing this show. We had kind of a, a, a weird conversation uh, about dementia. <laughs> I still and remember I was, this. Do you? And I was like, that is so scary to me, right? This idea that I could just lose my mind and not know what's real, not know what's fake, not know the people around me, and, and just kind of have lost a, the thread of, 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 of reality. And Tommy had the complete opposite thought. He was like, I think it sounds amazing. I the, hope I get dementia because what you don't, you know, you're thinking about it now as a guy who has a threat of reality. If you are in that state, you don't know you're crazy. <laughs> so it's great. Like you can, your reality can be anything you want it to be. And it is real. It's not sad to the person who is, has dementia because uh, they don't know what they're missing out on. They're living their very real life. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's a part of me that's afraid I could get podcast dementia. <laughs> well, you've spoken about your wife and family and how that's changed since we last did the show and from when you first started the show. But talk to us about your other interests. Are you still playing, grinding out to four or four eight, as it probably oh. is now, uh, with a bunch of people with oxygen tanks? <laughs> I don't. I have not played poker in a while. Every now and then I will... Uh, so again, back in those days, we were still kind of in the in the tail end of the poker boom. Yep. I sort of my, my podcast career almost kind of rode the entire wave of the poker boom. You joke about got that, into but it. You're right. No, I, for for real. Yeah, I'm not joking at all. Like for for you know the first thing I ever did that actually had a little bit of a listenership was that all in poker podcast, um, and it. Uh, you know, it was because poker was incredibly popular. There was maybe at that point only three or four poker podcasts out there. And uh, and I I just offered a different view. It was a little bit about poker and a lot of my weird rambling stories. So if you didn't necessarily want to hear someone dissecting the, you know, the fucking math of playing ace king under the gun, uh, you listen to me. Because it was kind of funny, and maybe we'd talk about poker, or I'd at least tell a poker-related story, and then we'd move on. Uh, so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then as you know, as I went through, and you know, this and I went everything else, poker kind of that, that wave crested, and now we are very much on the other side of it. Um, so where there used to be a poker room in every single casino in Las Vegas at one time, most of them have completely gotten rid of their poker room, and the ones that didn't, to their credit, have doubled down. 
and like expanded their poker room. So the South Point, which is very close to where I live right now, and it's probably the casino I hang out in the most, they actually have a really big, really nice poker room. I have gone and played a little cash there. Uh, I have run their tournament a couple of times, and it's fun, but I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's just as I age, I am more aware of uh, how I'm going to die soon. So the idea <laughs> of like just grinding at a poker table for four, five, six hours to maybe make a hundred bucks or lose a hundred bucks or whatever ends up happening, I just can't do it anymore. So uh, I'm still betting sports. That more was than my I next should. question. Yeah, still betting sports. Had a great wild, super wild card weekend, by the way. <laughs> Best I've ever had in my entire life. On seven for eight, the only one I missed was the Bengals. Fucking Bengals couldn't cover that one, uh, that one extra point. Um, but uh, that's the only one I missed. I, uh, I, 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 all my other seven hit. That's not uh, indicative of how my sports betting usually goes. But I still do sports bet. Uh, every now and then, uh, Griff, who's a mutual friend of ours, he and I will go play a little blackjack, which is a much faster game. I generally win or lose in a much shorter amount of time, and I get on with my goddamn day. Uh, so, uh, I, I, play a little, I play a little blackjack, but I can't, I can't do it anymore, man. I just, I, that, that grind, that slow, painful grind where you fold like, you know, 22 times in a row. I just cannot do it anymore. Well, I've got to say that's very different to the, uh, the, uh, home game that I play in. We're not folding 22 hands in a row. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh, I would imagine you don't. <laughs> it's a little looser, but, uh. I was going to say that's disappointing to hear, but it's probably the way that poker has gone. The, the amount of fishes in the game has probably decreased and the fishes you get are just random drunk guys, I'm sure. And you, the way I hear it from a, a friend of the show, trust no one, Y2K, Kenny, whatever you know him as, he's all those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he deals a lot of poker and used to spend a lot of time at the Red Rooster back in the day. And it seems to me it's the same people hanging out at the same people, hanging out at the same tables, just grinding it out like you, you're talking about, just barely living life. They're breathing, they're playing poker, but they're not doing much else other than that. So Yeah, it's, it is. It, you, you have to, but that's the thing, like you have to be that involved with it yep you have to be that consumed with it so um i yeah it's just uh i I can't i can't uh i can't give myself to that meanwhile i sit here and talk about like oh i don't want to waste my time if i if i showed you my dvr right now you'd throw up everywhere i only have like six percent free in my dvr because i record every piece of shit uh, that television has to offer. So I'm not out. I'm not feeding the hungry with this uh, free time that I'm not using playing poker. I'm, I'm doing other wastes of time, but for some reason, at least I'm doing it at my house, and uh, that makes me feel as though I'm participating in in my family. Okay. Well, now take us through some of your DVR highlights from 2022, because it's always been a part of you, TV shows and and wasting mm-hmm. time. Whether it be trash sure. or quality TV, I know you're a big fan of the Food Network. Some Triple D, yeah. you're a big fan of that. What are some of your highlights from the past twelve months? Let's not do ten years for for your DVR hi- highlights. That could take a I while. I mean, I 
I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know that there's anything I've, I've truly fallen in love with, but I will tell you something that was never a part of my life and, and suddenly has become, and I'm, this is not me bragging, bro. I am ashamed of this, uh, but I can't <laughs> fucking, I don't know how to quit it. Um, it, I, uh, I never watched the bachelor or bachelorette, any of that. I was never, I was never part of bachelor nation. I watched a little bit of one season and that was when Jesse Palmer, who at the time was the backup quarterback for the New York giants, my, my football team, he was the bachelor. And I watched a little bit of that and I couldn't even make it to the end. I'm like, this show is fucking ridiculous. Well, a couple of years ago, my wife tells me, Oh, there's a new season of the bachelorette that's going to be starting. And everything I've seen on social media is that it's a complete train wreck. She's like, so I want to watch it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, whatever, I'll watch anything. You know what I mean? Most of, most of the, 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 the television that is in the DVR, my wife has nicknamed crap, your crap shows. <laughs> That's what she calls them. So if there's something that she and I can actually watch together, I'm into it because the vast majority of the things I watch, she's just not interested in. So I'm like, whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll watch the, uh, you know, I've watched some housewives in my day. Cause that's what she's into. Uh, so I, I'll watch, I'll watch a season of the bachelorette. I would say about six, seven episodes in, she's like, I can't watch this. Uh, this is, this is fucking <laughs> stupid. I'm not watching this anymore. She gave up on it. Not old Brian. I stuck with it. And interestingly enough, my oldest daughter, uh, she got into it. I think she just likes, you know, whatever. She's a yeah, nine-year-old girl. She likes kissing. She thinks kissing is great, which makes me feel terrific about being her father moving <laughs> forward. But she got into it. So now, every season since then, she and I watch the whole season. Bachelor, Bachelorette. I'm fucking, uh, I fuck with Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> All of it. I'm involved with all of it across the board. Uh, so that is probably the biggest thing that has started to consume my time because these fucking episodes are two hours long. Jesus and there's not, and, and they're garbage. It's terrible. It's terrible. But they're, I, I, I'm in it. I'm, once I commit to a show, you got me for life. Unless I can't find you uh, in, in like the guide channel, then maybe maybe I give up on it. But for the most part, that's uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, uh, that's that's been a big that's been the big embarrassing part of my TV life. Other than that, I think I like most of the shit that most people were into. I, I was a big Better Call Saul guy. Um, what's actually kind of cool is my son is now at an age where he got into Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul in the last few years and just kind of binged all the episodes. Oh, he, uh, he went, he went to, uh, San Diego Comic-Con and met, um, Giancarlo Esposito, who was, uh, uh, Gustavo Fring, uh, and, uh, and actually paid quite frankly, paid an amount of money that I'm not have. I was joking around about what Shatner charges this fucking guy, uh, <laughs> Like got my son for uh for like 125 bucks for a picture or something like that or an autograph whatever it was and it's not my business but uh, <laughs> but yeah so he kind of got into it too so so he and I uh, you know talked about that but yeah I mean other than that I uh, I'm not really even passionate about any of the shows that's the sad part of it it's well, just uh you know as a kid who was raised by TV, television yeah. yeah it's just the the fact that it exists I have to have it and I have to have a lot of options. Well, if you're going to talk about 
garbage TV or what your wife considers garbage TV. Clearly it's not because you're a big fan of it. But my guilty pleasure has to be, and it's a wide-ranging series. It's not just one series. There are three different variations that I know of. There's probably more. Below Deck. I know. I Oh, Below Deck. Interesting. So I've watched a little bit of Below Deck, and uh, it's fine. I mean, again, it's Bravo, so that, that my, my, my wife is involved with the Bravo <laughs> network. Uh, she helps support it. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've watched a little bit, and i got to admit, like, I, get, I, I can get into it. I can get into it. You know what I thought you were going to say, and I can't believe I didn't mention this? I am fully immersed in the 90 Day Fiance universe, bro. <laughs> All Human of it. Triangle? I'm talking about, I'm talking about, yeah, 90 Day Fiance, 90 Day Fiance the other way, uh, happily ever after, where are they now? All of it. I am involved with the 90, 90 Day Fiance universe, fully immersed. Well, can I give you a recommendation for an Australian TV show that is along the same lines? Yeah. It's called MAFS. Well, that's actually an acronym. It's Married at First Sight. It is extreme. I've, I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it. The Australian version is an absolute cracker. Extremely popular over okay. here. I only watch it via Gogglebox. Not sure whether you're familiar with the Gogglebox. You know, no, I'm not. Stop it. Okay. Gogglebox on its surface, is the most uninteresting idea ever. It's you watching people watching TV. No, come on. <laughs> yes, come on. This is real. It I got I to gotta draw some line. I, I, if I tried it, I swear it, it would be like uh, like fucking heroin. I know I would get into it. I can't yes. do it. I got I got to put I got to I got to draw some lines. <laughs> it's successful both here and in, and in the UK. So um, that's where I get my math fix. And The Block. I don't watch The Block. It's a building competition TV show mixed with all the drama of The Bachelorette. Um, but I watch that through Gogglebox as well. My only other TV highlight that I think you might enjoy or it will drive you crazy because it's comedians um, actually being good at their job, but they are English, is a little show called Taskmaster. Have you checked out Taskmaster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that is, no. Okay, it's five comedians. They're, they're normally British comedians. They have the occasional American expat on and they're forced to do a whole bunch of different tasks and those tasks get judged. Check it out on the internet. It's available everywhere, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Great, great little show. Even if you don't watch the full show, watch the highlights on the internet. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. But I, this is another thing. Uh, I, I I hesitate to introduce new material into my life because again, I I if if you get if you get your hook in me even a tiny bit, it doesn't even have to be good. There have been shows where I've watched the pilot. I'm like, well, this is trash. Much like what a lot of people are saying right now, listening to this. Yep. Uh, but uh, what I'm also hoping is they're like, well, what the fuck? What else am I going to do? And then they just stick with it. And then that's what happens to me. And that's what I hope happens to anybody who's listening to this. Uh, but uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take it under advisement, but uh, I can't I can't promise because I got to uh, I mean, at some point I got to fucking go outside. Um, <laughs> all right. The bringing bringing it back around, bringing it back around uh, because I, I want to start uh 
sticking to some kind of a time frame <laughs> that makes sense. It, I was literally going to say at the top of the show, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing it three times a week anymore. And you even mentioned it like we're going to do three times a month. Maybe we might even take some of those off, depending on what else is going on. Uh, another thing I was going to say is, and don't expect every episode to be an hour plus. Meanwhile, here we fucking are. I don't know how long we've been talking, but I'm guessing it's like uh, three hours. I don't know what it's been. 52 um, minutes. Okay, good. This is a great time to start damn putting it in fourth gear and, and let's start coasting. Um, I, uh, I, I do want to just kind of say, I don't exactly know what this is going to end up being, how long we're going to end up, you know, doing this show, if it's going to be something that, that we commit to and keep going, or if it's going to be something that we kind of pull the plug on. Uh, I can't make any promises and won't make any promises. All I can say is I am happy that we've decided to, to, and that's why we're not, you know, just calling it this ain't Iowa again. It's volume two because it's going to be a different show with shades of, the original. Yep. Um, uh, but I, uh, I, I, I do want to sincerely thank all of the people that are checking this out right now and maybe tell a friend or, or reach out to, you know, to, to, to people that used to listen that maybe are still in, in your social network and letting them know that we're back. Anything that, that you guys do, I, uh, I just want to say I, I really appreciate it. And, and your support and your friendship, especially when shit was going really bad in my life actually meant a lot to me a lot of people reached out in 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 you know serious way a lot of people also just shit on me uh, on message <laughs> boards and that's fine like i'm 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 over that part of it but uh, a lot of people reached out to me in friendship and helped me out uh and uh, and i am i am sincerely thankful to those people and i hope that what we do here ends up being something new and different but with the same sort of shades of camaraderie and and uh and, and that feeling that we are in on something that not everybody else is in on and it's our thing and it's cool. And, uh, and I want that to be what this is. I want you guys to contribute, whether you are reaching out to us um, through, what is it, Discord yeah. or, <laughs> or, or the website. Or through or, social uh, media. We've got social media from what I understand Instagram. that's still. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell everybody all the things we have. Um, so Let's just talk about the, the three things that we have. That is a website. That's probably the best place to hit us up at, the, at this stage because we're getting everything else set up, and that is TAIV2.com. Uh, that's where you can listen to shows and you'll find our email. And our email, because we needed to use more characters, does have more added to it. It is taiv 2 podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us one an email, thing real quick one thing that hasn't changed is we still make it as difficult as possible for well, you to find us and get involved i i have to disagree because i think i know we're not going to get into detail about my other show at the moment but that has three different handles for our three different social media accounts at least this one all the social media accounts are the same the email is the same instagram is the same so we are TAIV2 podcast on Instagram and the same on Twitter if we ever use Twitter, if Twitter is still functioning. Excellent. All right. So those are the ways that we can, uh, uh, we hope that you guys will reach out to us and, uh, and get involved. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, 
I think I'm Brian Malika on Instagram, maybe yep. Brian M Comedy on Twitter. Uh, so I'm I'm still out there. If you want to send me a message directly, you absolutely can. But we do encourage you to get involved with those show sites. Next week, here's what I want, Tony. Next okay. week, I want to know what you have been up to for the last 10 years. And then with the other uh, 55 minutes, I would like <laughs> to, uh, no, I also want to, uh, and I'd like some of our, any, anyone who's checking out this pilot episode, I want you to send us a message. I want to talk about some of the original highlights from, from this ain't Iowa, because yep. it is possible that we're going to, you know, draw in a few people who, uh, you know, who maybe were not familiar with our first iteration of this show. Yep. And I'd like to at least kind of give them an idea of how we got here, who we are, you know, some of these references, some of the people that we're going to talk about. So um, what, in your opinion, if you're listening to this right now, are some of the seminal moments? If you were trying to explain this show, what moments from this show or people from this show would you be sure we had to talk about? And we'll kind of rehash and bring people up to speed next week as well, uh, as well as uh, finding out um, what Tony's hobbies are. Or even better... What about some deep pulls? Because I was chatting with somebody the other other day and soft batching came up. And that's something mm. I hadn't thought about for years. And then I thought about the steak incident on the car park floor. Man, <laughs> it just gets deeper and deeper, this show. I know we did it for 10 years or, or longer than 10 years, but oh, yeah, wow. sometimes it's those, it's not the seminal moments that, that really make you laugh. It's, it's those throwaway lines. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was something. So yeah, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about TAI original This Ain't Iowa history next week, as well as uh, as well as what Tony's been up to. And uh, listen, then we'll go from there. Uh, all right, I feel good about stopping right now, and then unless there's anything else you need uh, to do, say, or ask.